Welcome everyone. Pull up a chair. It is lunchtime in Rome. Welcome back to another episode of Lunchtime in Rome. This is Eric, and I'm here with Jay. I was mentioned first. Because Brian's not here again. And I was mentioned last. <laughs> Total bummer, but uh, yeah, Brian was away on work again, and uh, it's also his son Ethan's birthday, so he's literally driving back and uh, saying, running. Saying happy birthday and putting him to bed. <laughs> Pretty much, um, but he will be missed this week as as normal. Um, and show's not the same without him. No, but apparently this is the last one he's going to miss ever. <laughs> I highly doubt that. I decided. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, let's go through some logistics. We have lunchtimeinroom.com. We have a Facebook page for lunchtime in room. We have our Twitter lunchtime in room. All lunchtime in room. Um, and all available to be sponsored. All, by the way, yes. And uh, and why don't you explain why we call it Lunchtime in Rome, Jay? It's called Lunchtime in Rome because too many people feel alone. And so we want to live life and enjoy it and hang out and talk about life together. And we want you to join us. And in the process, we give little tips and we go over topics on how to keep each other from feeling alone. Yeah. And it's based on Romans twelve fifteen: rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. That's what we do here. Yeah. That's what we'll do for you. And so we're excited that you can just come up, have a seat at the table, and relax and enjoy some time with us this evening. Yeah. Um, and that being said, we literally kind of sit down and invite you to our table and here and sit here for the week. And what we like to do is we like to talk about food. I like food. And Amy and I went on a date this past weekend. So um my was it my Trying to think on which grandparents watched Maggie this week. I think it was my parents. I can't even remember. It doesn't matter. But um, Amy and I went on a date. We went to two places. We went to a place called the Speakeasy, which is this little this little bar um, within the Omni William Penn Hotel. Allow me to say poo poo. <laughs> yeah, that's some fancy dining yeah. right there. But we, I mean, we only got that's some <laughs> fancy drinking right there. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, one drink a piece and a plate of uh, mozzarella. And your bill was thirty bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Well, I mean, that's but eight, like eight and fourteen. Yeah, but still. Yeah, but still. Uh, yeah, but still. Um, what was your drink? I had a a, whis- a whiskey sour. Um, it was very good because I'm really not a whiskey sour guy. Right. Um, but they do everything like homemade, like they make their own sour that like everything is from scratch, sure. which, which makes it really, really good. Um, and was this Friday or Saturday? This was Saturday. Okay. And then we went to 11 down on the strip district. Heard of it. It's also a. Poo-poo, fancy, fancy, we don't belong here kind of jerk. Oh, totally. And you're looking around at like tables where there's like multiple people and you're like, you're all eating here? Okay, so here's the thing. All right, so at these poo-poo places, they sit you like literally one foot apart. You know what I mean? It's one of those. Yes, it's one of those places. And I don't really appreciate that. Do you join the other people's conversations? Not the one, not, not to the one to our right, but the guy. I'll come back to this, but the guy to our left did a little bit, but he was cool. I he joined him. in on yours. Well, he just kind of like said hello. Was he by himself? No, he was on a date. Oh, okay, what well, seemed to be a date. Good move. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but the we had a we had a gift card. That's the only reason why we went. Because nah, like I have a, I have a hard you're time. Welcome, by the way, <laughs> I have a hard time spending like a lot of money on a meal. What if it's not? What if it's not what you want? What if it's you know? Well, it's and good? see, okay, so here's the thing. So, you know, I've been doing the whole no to low. No to low. Um, Sugar. TM. Um, And I I was like, you know what? I'm going to get, I'm going to get some carbs tonight. And they had linguine and and there was like, you know, um, crab in it or or was it crab or lobster? I can't even remember. Either way. It was so great. But see, here's the thing. Like, I was like, I would have been much happier with like 
Olive Garden fettuccine Alfredo. No. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just wasn't what I wanted it, it to fine. be. It, it was, was fine. fine. It was I'm like. Sure it was good. Yeah, right. On, on like, if, you're, if your palate is like. Refined. S- yes. It, I'm sure you, you would have loved it. Or maybe it wasn't. Or, or maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe but I was disappointed because. enough of Gordon Ramsay's, you know, uh, 24 Hours to Hell and Back. Yeah. And Kitchen Nightmares that. Even the nicest of restaurants, sometimes yeah. they just uh, leave it another day. That crab meat yeah. or that lobster or whatever. And then, you know, and then we got. Even though they're right down there by Woolies. Right. Not a sponsor. Not yet. And then we got dessert. And the and the description was like chocolate cake with vanilla ice cream. And we split it. And <laughs> we get it. It's this like, I don't uh, know, silver dollar sized little piece of you're like splitting it. Ch- yeah i know which was fine because like i honestly like if i eat too much i just don't feel good right and like physically i just don't feel good and it, it, it was enough it, it was fine but again it wasn't what i wanted it wasn't what i expected and what was your bill i know you had a gift card but still. I had a, yeah we had a gift card it was 101 eh, that's not so Fancy i got dinner we, for two with a dessert we both got one drink Two dinners. We both got the same thing. Why would you? I judge you. Uh, that's fine. Why I don't care. Get two different things at least. So no, because that's what we wanted, and so and then thought. dessert. Right. That's what we thought. And we had a gift card. The gift card was for one hundred twenty-five. Oh. So we just gave the rest. In the tip. rest and tip to the guy. Because I asked him, I was like, "Hey, I, can I tip on this?" And and he said, "Yeah." And I I just tossed it all his way. Did you add on top of that? No. <laughs> that's that's plus twenty percent. That's above twenty percent oh, on the oh, bill. The bill was one hundred one. Yeah, and it was one twenty five. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I thought he's walking me, out of there mind, pretty good. In my mind, I thought it was one fourteen. You gave him eleven dollar ah. tip on one hundred and fifty. No, no. Bill, and I was like, I was, that's twenty plus percent. He's good. He oh, was yeah, good too. Good. But the guy, the people next to us, so, uh, <laughs> so you know, they get there and they're like, is it like a bench seating on one side? Yes. Oh, that's the worst. With like the cafe bistro t- yeah, kind of t- size no table. Room. No, you're you're like, am I gonna hit your elbow? You know right. that kind of thing. And, and if the wife wants to get up, she's got to go sideways. Oh, uh, it's a whole issue. The, the you got to butt, butt crotch. Or you, you know, yeah, you get, which yeah. which you're gonna give him the butt or the crotch? Right. You hate that move. Oh, oh it's the worst. But um, <laughs> and I'm always tempted to toot as I'm leaving there, just to leave one on the other people's table. <laughs> oh, it wasn't me. But the guy, you know, he, he was very friendly. You know, he was saying, hey, you know, how you guys doing? And we're, I was like, we're good. And Having a private date night, thanks. <laughs> but I was okay with it. He sure. Like, he was just cool. And um, so I overhear him talking to uh, the waiter, and and he was going to get a wine, and he was like, you know, I'm looking for either a good cab or uh, a good uh, Pinot. And uh, <laughs> the, the waiter was like, well, how do you like your Pinots? And uh, and me like I don't know why you're already giggling, <laughs> and like he didn't really say anything, and he just kind of looked at the waiter, and uh, and the guy was like, "Let me get you a list, and we'll go, and we'll you know come back to it." So in my mind right now, I'm like, "This yeah. is already taking too long." <laughs> now we're now we're looking like an hour and twenty minutes for dinner. So so he, we we also talked about how there's the upstairs. Ooh. And we were talking about how like you have to like you have to make a certain amount of money to get up there. I didn't know that, and I, I didn't know that either. Twelve? I <laughs> maybe maybe it's twelve upstairs. <laughs> um, but we were talking about you know how do you get up there? And you whatnot. say we meaning the other guy, or just you and Amy? No, uh, and us and them. Okay, uh, us together. Yeah, and uh, you know I said I, I was like, look, I, I don't even feel like I belong down here, <laughs> you know, and uh, I was like, and I don't mean to. Uh, eavesdrop but you know I heard you talking to the waiter and when he asked you how do you like your pinos I was like uh, wet and in a glass <laughs> you know like that that was my response and he was like yeah I mean I don't know if, if you know he's talking about a full body or whatever and I was like I don't even know that and I was like I here's the thing for, I sold wine for here don't know how to answer that question <laughs> and I was like I was like if you know the answer that's how you get upstairs that's it <laughs> <laughs> he looks at you and he goes, "Come upstairs, then." So we had a good laugh. It, it was a good time, and it was a great date. We had a great conversation. And, yeah, I mean, uh, it was the food awesome. Wasn't exactly what you want. It was a good night out with Amy, and, and that's all. You that dressed matters. up fancy. You look nice. I still yeah. wore jeans. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah, heck yeah, man. I don't go anywhere without wearing jeans. It's, it's even the William Penn. Yeah. Wow, you're so avant-garde. You're hey, so I don't care. I do. People me looked at him and said, "He's so rich. He wears <laughs> jeans to a place like this." Right. 
Nobody that's, cares. Well, I saw a guy. You know, there is like that eccentric, uh-huh. you know, we- wealthy about. person. Right. And like the guy comes in and he has like a hoodie on. And I'm like, I get, I bet you that guy makes like a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. And he does what he wants. Does what he wants. Doesn't care. I don't make that much and I'm still going to do what you I still want. still don't care. <laughs> that's how evolved you are. But what about you? But you're still on the first floor. I'm still on the first you're one, and I'm okay with that. And you are more than okay with that. <laughs> and you are not hurrying back there anytime soon. What about food for you this week? This week, I uh, it's funny. You know, I've talked about all my cooking and stuff like that, but I realized this week I was thinking about dinner, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I can't do burgers because I hate making burgers inside, you know, because it just stinks up the whole house so bad. And, and It does so kind of stink chicken. up the house. Oh, it just crushes it. Yeah. And else. I was like, something I haven't made in a long time. Taco meatloaf. That won't stink up the house. <laughs> it doesn't. It does after. Hey, yo. But no, it's great. I love making it. You do, you know, I sweat down the onions and the peppers. And if, you know, if I didn't have a bunch of lily white, bland, palated people, I'd put some jalapenos <laughs> in there and stuff. I mean, Joe can hang, but on Bella his and, yeah, on his <laughs> But, uh, you know, and you put it together and you, instead of using breadcrumbs, you use corn chips crumbled up. Okay. So it's still at least. Gluten-free. Gluten-free. It's yeah. not grain-free. But, yeah. I mean, how many corn chips are really putting in for two and a half pounds of right. meatloaf? Right. And you make a little glaze with the adobo sauce Ooh. that comes with the uh, chipotles. All right. And then, you know, you sort of make your own little barbecue sauce. Which is so funny when I do it. I'm like, I think I've seen people put Worcestershire sauce in this. <laughs> Score to ketchup, put some honey, and uh, a little mustard there. That's in there. It becomes something that tastes, as like Rachel says, is that a thing? You know, and I'm like, I think it's a thing. Does sure, it why like not? It tastes like a thing. Yeah, why not? You know, and some tomatoes and everything else, and just put it all together. And I, I do a free-form meatloaf. Okay. Rather than what in does a that mean? Instead of in a pan. Oh. Because you get a greater crust over more of it, and it gets a more even cook. Whereas you put it in a meatloaf pan, you're basically steaming three sides of it, and then you're only getting a crust on that little top. Wow. So you make like half a football, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, it was delicious. It was lovely. I was very excited about it. Was it was delicious. I, I didn't take a picture like you asked me to, so I can't post a picture. Because uh, I didn't think And it I didn't then. take a picture of our stuff either. Yeah, we both suck. Uh, I did get a picture of our drinks from the speakeasy, so I'll use that. Ah, there it is. Oh, uh, you could also get a picture of that guy. Uh, or the guy in the jeans. So t- <laughs> but then you're not in the moment anymore. No. But see, you were out on the town Saturday night. Yeah. I was out on the town Friday night. Okay. With, uh, and it was good. It was sort of the way you want to do a date night. Because at the Center for Relational Care, they taught us, you have, you know, you should have a date night. Golly. I don't know if it was once a week. It couldn't have been. Maybe it's once a month. But a date only is if it's just the two of you. Double yeah. dates don't count. Right. Group dates, go see a friend, whatever else, yeah. just two of you. Yeah. So Rachel and I went out Friday night to go see Sebastian. Oh, that's right. Sebastian Maniscalco, so the comedian. Fun. Yeah. Um, but we met up with Tommy and Jan, Hunter and Tyler and McKenna So you went out before the show. And Rich. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, we met You and Rachel. There. Right. Yeah. No. Oh, no. No. Okay. We just drove separately. Gotcha. And then we met up with them just at the Starbucks across the street, hung out, waited. Yeah. And then waited in line together, and then we had different seats, so we weren't with them during the show. Yeah. But- Where was he know, playing? Benedum? Heinz Hall. Heinz Hall. Sold out Ooh. two shows. Wow. We bought, uh, on the discount promo code seats, yeah. you know, in November, and they were 60 bucks a piece. I looked on, bad. on resale the day of the show, yeah. the best- the cheapest seats for our show, which was nine thirty Friday night, was yeah. all the way in the back of the second or Nose third bleeds. level. One hundred and seventy nine dollars a piece for the seven thirty show. Good seats were three hundred and fifty dollars a piece. Wow! And I, I mean, and it, I'm you got to feel good about that. I'm proud of myself that it, I didn't go. I could resell these and make a hundred and ten bucks <laughs> per ticket. Two hundred and twenty dollars minus whatever. I almost said Grubhub. StubHub fee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're still walking away plus 180, but in the highest of expectations. Yeah. Because we just love him, and he's so yes. funny and everything else. And the, it was so funny. The opening act, which I didn't even know they were going to do that, came out. And, like, I'm I'm judging him. And it's like, okay, you're funny. I get it. You know, it's fine. And I'm, and I'm debating. We're in row N, but in, down in orchestra. Yeah. So it's good, but, like, oh, there's wow. the big screen behind him. Yeah. But you're like, I don't want to look at the screen. I can look at a screen at home. I want to see him. Yeah. 
but he's kind of small. Yeah. He's not tiny, but he's small. Yeah. So I'm sort of getting my bearings on that. And, and like I just said, I'm it is a, It is kind of a dance. Like, we've seen Jerry Seinfeld mm. live, but they didn't do a screen. Oh, At least dude. I don't remember them doing a screen. And he, like, we were up in a balcony, and he does look pretty tiny. <laughs> little tiny a Little Jerry. Fusilli Jerry. It's funny that you, <laughs> Fusilli Jerry. It's funny that you bring up Jerry Seinfeld. But we'll come back to that in one yeah. minute. But so the opening act, you know, you oh, my wife, this. And it's like all the typical jokes that a comedian makes. And he's joking about the Catholic Church, which it wasn't. I mean, he did it well, at least. You know, yeah. talking about growing up, being beaten by nuns and everything else and whatever. It's fine. Yeah. But I was just like, bro, you're just you're just wasting my time. Just cliche. Just, just, just get in. Just give me yeah. just, uh, Sebastian. You're, yeah. you're warming up the crowd. That's great. Give me Sebastian. And that's a tough gig. And I was so antsy because I'm just like, I want this to be so good. Yeah. And from the first thing he said, like I said, I laughed a lot. Yeah. I applauded a lot. Yeah. But I smiled. Like, I, yeah. I, I, people don't say, Jay, you're always smiling. Nobody says you're a miserable SOB. Right. But I was ear to ear just appreciating his command of the room and his ability to occasionally improvise. Like his mic cord came out of his mic at one point. Yeah. And he quickly just grabbed it and put it back together. And he was like, Y'all just took a deep breath there, didn't you? He says, you know, I don't know why I said he was like he was Southern, but he's like, you know, you know, meanwhile, he goes, I'm probably going to get a grievance filed against me. I got a guy over there taking a nap. He gets paid $150 an hour to put that back together, but it's my fault. And I'm like, that's outstanding. And, you know, it was just his command of the room and his material is so good. And, and it's funny because he does basically a lot of what the previous guy did. He talks about his wife, talks about family, talks about. Yeah. Th- stuff that every comedian talks about, but he does it so unbelievably well. Yeah, that it was just unbelievable. It was great. It was so much fun, and just to hear Rachel laugh at the top of her lungs to the point where the woman in front of us, I know, turned around twice. And I'm like, "You're at a comedy <laughs> show. Turn around." Yeah, right. Like, oh, That's what sorry. you're there Is my for. Wife laughing. I'm sorry, there, South Push. But um, and you're like a, a a comedy connoisseur. Yeah. So to hear at least. You you really enjoy comedy. I listen to a lot of it. Yes. I listen to it in the car all the time. And to time hear you say that you that it exceeded your expectations. It, it, yeah. And they were high. I right. Oh, they were high. And, and the same, that like makes Hunter, me so happy. And Hunter and Tyler both love him and listen to his podcasts yeah. all the time. What they and, think? Oh, same thing. Yeah. Beyond their expectations. That's awesome. I mean, just so so good. And I mean, it was funny because I said, "How could it not be great?" And my brother brought up how he watched on Netflix the Bruce Springsteen special. Yeah. You know, live on Broadway or whatever. Yeah. And how it was just horrific and so depressing oh. and so such a letdown. He goes, imagine if you pay $200 yeah. to go see him on Broadway and, and then, you walk out of there like, F. I need to go listen to Lunchtime in Rome. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, at least. Um, but back to Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Two days in a row yeah. this week, I came in contact with what had to be Seinfeld characters. Now, you were with me on the second one, but the first one. I'm at the church on Sunday, tearing out carpet. It's a long story. And I see a bunch of cars in the back of the three cars in the back of the parking lot. Yeah. And now that's either typically cars in the back of the parking lot of our church are one policeman. Right. Two drug deals. Yep. Three, a boy getting his first from his girlfriend. (laughs) It definitely wasn't a policeman, but it really didn't look like um, a drug deal because it was like a minivan, uh, you know, just cars that didn't match that. Yeah. And they weren't really together. So long story short, turns out there's a lost dog, a rescue dog Mm. that they rescued from Kentucky. The foster parent was right here on Jefferson Road and he got loose. The dog did, not the parent. Yeah. And they were chasing him, everything else. And then somebody saw him over by the church. Yeah. And that was fine. That's Sunday. Well, then Monday night I come to the church and there are seven cars in the parking lot and they're all parked diagonally and not consistent with our parking lines. I don't know if that's a dog thing or not, but I mean, they were perfectly spaced apart facing the wrong way. <laughs> and I get out of the car and this woman walks up to me. She's five foot six, 200 pounds, gray hair, fluorescent yellow sweatshirt badge on her jacket, which is over the sweatshirt, three cell phones comes up. Are you affiliated with this church? And I said, well, yeah, I'm the pastor. My, my, my name's Jay. <laughs> she goes, Pastor Jay, it's my pleasure to meet you. And I said, no, you don't need to call me pastor. Sir, it's a sign of respect. And I said, that's fine. I said, I'm just saying you can call me Jay. Well, okay. Are you familiar with our situation at this point in time? I said, is it the puppy? She goes, yes. And I said, yeah. Did you get him? No. And she goes on. We caught him on drone down in the valley. We, got, oh we spotted gosh. him on drone. 
And so with your permission, sir, what we're going to do here is we're going to put a feeding station out here overnight. <laughs> and that was really cold. Yeah. And we're going to try to draw him out. And then if, if that works, the next day we're going to set a trap because we want to make sure. And I said, oh, that sounds like a good plan. And she looks at me dead in the eyes. I always get my dog. <laughs> and I'm like, I just want to say to her, like, I want to like pull on her cheek or something to see if she's real. Yeah, right. Because she was such a Seinfeld character. Wow. And I said, you know what? I I'm said, glad she's so passionate about her job. I said, we're, I said, is everybody here for the dog? And she's like, oh, absolutely, sir. <laughs> like, I mean, then, I'm, I, I'm an animal lover. Love dogs. Right? Right. I'm like, I'm not maybe, going maybe we could like turn our energy into something a little bit more. One dog. I don't know. There's a lot of hungry people. Yeah. So two ladies walk over and she says, you know, Marge, Sally, I'd like you to meet Pastor Jay. He's very amenable to Marge. in our search and everything else. And I said, look, we're very dog friendly here. People walk their dogs. We help out with autistic dog training. Yeah. And, I mean, the dogs that help autistic. You clean kids. up after the, the dogs are not autistic. <laughs> right. As much as I know. But right. Yes, we do. We clean up after they're very messy. <laughs> um, but so that was. Oh, and then I said to her, you know, I, I think it's also great that you understand that um, they're animals and that you're OK leaving them out overnight. And yeah. She says, oh. She says, they're dogs. She goes, they're not people. I leave my dogs out all the time. Now I've got a Husky. I've got a, G a German Shepherd and I got a Collie bread mix and whatever else. And it was just, I just walked away just shaking my head. That's amazing. It was just such a blessing. Like I was just running to the church to make sure it was cleaned up from the carpet guys. Um, and all of a sudden I run into this lady. But then the next Seinfeld character. I don't, are we going in the focus topic? Well, we're sliding into it. Well, I do have a little. I well, have, you a, have a personal before we. I have a little. I have a little side story. So before we get to that, do you have anything else you want to add? Yeah. So speaking of like good people, good people, right? I like good people. I only get my tires at one place. McCullough Tire. McCullough Tire, not a sponsor. Well, you know what? We're going to toss them a freebie. If you have any tire needs, <laughs> yes. and you're within an hour and a half of Penn Hills, you go to McCullough They are tire. the best. In the memory of Tiny, who used to run the place. Yeah. That, was it Scott runs it now? I think so, yeah. I I'm think... good buddies with Rich. Well, I was in high school. We were best friends. You know when you're in there, there's a guy on the left and the guy on the right. And you're never sure which one's which. Well, I was going to ask you, like, do you know their names? One is Scott. I think the one on the right is Scott. Yeah. And I'm not sure the He's guy. He's the one owns a place. Yeah. And that's like his right-hand man. So, um, yeah. So the right-hand man guy is, you know, taking care of me. And uh, I have a slow, we have a slow leak in our Honda HRV. Mm. Okay. Back uh, passenger tire. And. Now, have you tried to fill it up? Yes. We've been filling it up, Where actually. It's uh, sheets. Because it's free. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's just it's hard to find a good pump. Sheets has the best pumps. Well, there it is. Yeah. Um and Not a so Not yet. I told him we're having a slow leak and keep on feeling it like weekend after weekend. Um <laughs> At what point is that your fault? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And uh and I, you know, so they they take it back to check it out and I'm I'm waiting in there and there's, you know, a couple other guys waiting. I'm like third in line. And wow, uh, you wait in line to get air. No, no, no. Oh, at McCullough. At McCullough. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I dozed off. That's okay. And uh, yeah, it's all exciting. <laughs> like, story if, I ever, if I ever pull up to a, to an air pump and it's full, I'm not like, <laughs> oh, oh no, I'll I'm like, I'll, yeah, I'll get it later. I'll run. Um, so you know, we're all waiting That's there. That's not bad. Third in line. At right. I went early on Saturday, right. and uh, so the guy comes. I he so the guy rolls a tire in and calls a guy over and he says, ah, oh, I have some bad news for you. There's a there's a screw in, in, in your tire, so we can't patch that. You know, it's all the way through and, mm. you know, whatever. And uh, the guy's like, huh, so we have to replace the tire. Oh, he's not saying this to you. Right. Saying it to this other guy. Oh, okay. Wow. And, I'm, yeah. I'm not so, listening well. So, so he, he's like, yeah, I got to replace the tire. And he's like, wait, wait a minute. That's not my tire. <laughs> and, and I like lean over and I look and I was like, oh, that's my, my tire. tire. So, uh, <laughs> so I get up and I was like, yeah, that's my tire. All right. Give me the bad news How again. How do you know your tire? <laughs> what? How do you know your tire? I could see that it was a haunt. Like I could tell it was the, the wheel. Because right. they had they, it was attached to the wheel. Okay. So I was like, you can deliver the bad news again if you want. You know, I guess this is my bad news. Oh, he did. <laughs> so. You say, okay, we'll put it on that guy's bill. <laughs> well, I kind of want to. So this is on our HRV, which is an all-wheel drive vehicle. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a compact SUV car. Right. And 
so the guy's looking up. It's a Michelin, getting the number, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm already cringing for those of you not watching. And he was like, man, he was like, this is a $201 tire. So the guy behind the counter and the guy that brought the tire out, they both at the same time went, damn! <laughs> Together. And I was like, oh, man. Did they like tilt their head the same way? <laughs> Pretty much. And um, Or did they like do it and like look at each other? Like they both lunged backwards? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. That's pretty much exactly how it went. And uh, I was like, ah. So we can't really. He was like. He was like, on an all-wheel drive vehicle, you have to have like four matching tires because they won't wear like the whole all the tires won't wear, wear correctly if you or don't. So you know what's great? about No, this I do though? believe that because I do know something about tires. Oh, yeah. well, I was gonna say. Why well, I was gonna say yeah. is what I said. If you're anywhere but McCullough Tire, yes, you're right there going. Nah, exactly. You're exactly. just telling me stories. You're just trying to sell me some yarn. No, I I totally right. believe those no, guys. They're straight because, up because and and this might be something that we can talk about later on another show. But like because they've met my needs in the past of like patching a tire for free. You know, we went and they patched the tire. They're like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, and I don't know if they know me because that's like the only place I go you're to get my tires. You're pretty big time. You're pretty big time. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. you're bringing in all those big SUV and the monster <laughs> truck tires you're buying from them, and the yeah. and the bald sport tires you do for your race. Maggie's yeah. Future Power Wheel. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, they've hooked me up like with in insurances. Like they'll really go to yeah. bat for you. Yeah. I mean, my tires were. I think I got tires that were, you know, pretty big time for me, like a hundred and ten bucks. <laughs> yeah. But. With a warranty because they wore too fast. The ones before, I got yeah. them for like fifty five a piece. Ah, oh, see, that's awesome. You know, so you're getting four tires for less than two hundred bucks. That's awesome. Actually, it doesn't make any sense. And we, I, I ran over a, a nail in our previous car, which and was we a dumb just, thing to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> we had just uh, had tires put on like two weeks prior, and I brought it back, and they couldn't salvage the tire, but they gave me another one at cost. Huh. So that was nice. Solid. So move. they're uh, they're awesome. Couldn't couldn't love them enough. Great people. So, yes. Not caricatures. Not caricatures. And not Seinfeld characters. No. However, you and I spent the evening, at least for yes. an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, we spent four hours together over an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> That's very true. That is a very true statement. On Tuesday night, yeah. uh, there was an, and we probably shouldn't even be saying this because he's probably listening. Because it's going to be like he's hacked our phones. Mike, are you listening? <laughs> you there, Mike? <laughs> uh, Agent... Uh, Irish. It's Finnegan. Finnegan. Anyhow, he came and spoke, this retired FBI agent, to uh, the Penn Hills community, whoever yeah. wanted to show up yeah. and beyond, yeah. about cyberbullying, sex trafficking, and whatnot. Yeah. And my goodness, was he not oh, just, man. I mean, gloriously, entertainingly, insane, frustrating. Um, I mean, yes. he had unbelievable uh, everything. stories. He has put people away. He has no problem shooting you in the face and telling you he will. And sleeping like a log and that night. like a log that night was his quote. And going off on tangent yes. the, of telling stories. And you're the whole time, you're like, wait, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? <laughs> I don't even know who I'm supposed to like in this story. And I seriously have no idea what the story's about and how it pertains and to here's the, the thing. original point. I would love to have lunch with him. I am planning on it at some point, actually. Oh, that's awesome. I don't. I mean, I. I, I do want to email him and, and and ask him a follow up question, but I it didn't. I didn't really come to me until later on. But anyway, but, but it's good. I mean, it was it was a good. I I found it to be valuable. Other people that were there found it to be valuable because yeah. you know it opened their eyes to a lot of things. And I mean, I just assume you know being an optimist, I assume the worst out of people. Like yeah, you know, and that's me being you know somewhat funny or ironic, but. You know, when he talks about things like cappers and people mm -hmm. that prey on teenage girls and how they do it and what they do. And it's like, I don't know that I can be surprised. Like, I assume the worst of humanity. I'm not really surprised, but I'm always amazed. Like, I'm, I, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but it's like, wow. Like, the extent that people go. Not surprised, but it's like the way they do it and, like, how they do it and the to the extent and the amount of effort and the like because you think of all the steps that they strategically have to do on purpose even just, to get I mean, to, a, right. to where mean, they are and i don't understand enough about because i'm too lazy right there is that <laughs> you know like well you know i'm a tech guy but i don't particularly right. understand the dark web yeah is it hard to get into the dark web is it a couple keystrokes in a special it's hard to get in the dark web not that you would know 
Yeah, I've never been on the dark web. At least I don't think I have. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I've read a few bad blogs in my day, but yeah. they were just boring. Um, but my point is, like, just to get to the dark web, like, uh, uh. yeah, like I don't have, I don't have time, web. I don't have time for it. Right. Yeah. And just, I have no interest, and I have zero time or care. But like the things that they do, and and that they will, you know, entice teenage girls to send them nude pictures under the guise of being a teenage boy yeah and they've got this cache of pictures so that they can then blackmail them to make them do more and more sexually suggestive things right to send that and everything else and and it just goes back to i knew a guy one time and uh i'll keep this sort of light but struggled with um how do i put this he would he struggled with picking up women of the evening Mm -hmm. and that was something he did he knew it was wrong and he would do it and now that's not my sin i've got my sin yeah i don't know what i don't know that sin yeah but i always said like i just can't fathom going downtown or wherever one goes right rolling the window down yeah as i'm pushing my button down yeah you're rolling your button down down (laughs) and saying how much like right how do you where do you i'm not judging no but how do you sit how did there you get a keyboard yeah. in Ukraine yeah. or Tennessee? Right, wherever. You know, and sit there and go, hmm, I think I'm going to try to reach out to that girl in Rhode Island mm-hmm. and see if she'll take her top off for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many hurts right. have you gone through in your life? Yeah. That that's what you choose to do, and one of the things he told us is, you know, one the this one guy did this enough to a girl that she eventually, and they threaten you. Well, if you don't send me this picture, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send this these pictures that you did send me to your church and to your school and to all the guys in your school, right? Your dad and the one girl yeah. in Canada killed herself, and this yeah. guy wins an organized capper of the that year was award. that's what amazed me was that the organ like there's like an organization of cappers and they have like an award right like th- that's unbelievable that I, that exists i just don't know how you get there i don't either and he said because like we're not really on this earth all that long you know when you think about it like i you know i feel like i'm already 36 and i'm like how do you get to a point where all right so the beginning of the internet happened here and we've manipulated it so much that we have the dark web and they have this whole way of capping people. And now we're at this award system. Like, like the amount of like things that have happened within the past, you know, 20 years alone have like, it's just amazing what things like, well, he what kept using done. the term force multiplier, which has got to be like a, I don't know, an FBI term or something or other, but yeah, eh, but it seems because I'm mean, like, you can go backwards and say, well, there's a lot of bad things in the past, sure, but it seems like they're intensified and I don't want to say grosser, but like, in a lot of ways, not grosser, bad things, but not grosser, intense, but like just more manipulative darker. and like, yeah, just seedy, just really, really seedy. It's not good. No. But what I liked about it was he talked a lot about the effects of bullying. Um, and he said a lot of things, again, being the caricature FBI Seinfeld character guy. Yeah. He didn't say, well, you know, it's, it's my personal opinion. You're free to differ if you would like. Mm-hmm. No, he said, you know, don't look to your schools to help you if you're being bullied. At they, a school. At a school. We were at being a invited school. invited by uh, the superintendent of the school. Yeah. And he said, schools can't help you. They won't help you. Yeah. Don't ask. Right. And you're just like, all right. <laughs> don't try to get a bully to stop bullying. They'll never stop bullying. And you're like, all, all right. right. So. Um, <laughs> but, and he, and he gave his top 10 list in what to do for teens. Yeah. You know, that are being bullied. <laughs> Including possibly the best one, which was just laugh it off. And he started it by asking me what, Eric? Are you gay? <laughs> he looked right at me. He goes, are you gay? And I was like, um, no. And I was like, answer in such as a way that no one here judges the way you answered that thing. <laughs> you know. And he goes, what if I said you were? And he started walking away. And I turned to Eric and I said, I really wish I was gay. <laughs> And then I paused and I went, I've never said that before. I don't think we're allowed to be talking about this. At this point that we should be, you know, letting it go, I guess. And he talked about how you're not supposed to beat up a bully, that some parents encourage them to punch him in the face and yeah, do all this stuff. He goes, right. you're basically encouraging them to become a felon, right? which he's against. Yeah. But it leads me to the fact that, boy, you feel alone. Yeah. And our kids feel alone. Totally. And I go back to being a kid and being bullied. You know, I was bullied. 
and I got in the fight. I won the fight. And then I was bullied by everybody else who took the kid who I beat up's side. Yeah. To the point where they're spitting on me in seventh mm. grade as I get off the bus. So that I is the, cross the worst. I think that's the worst thing you could do. I think Spit- biting is worse. Then spitting? That's trigger. Uh, spitting's bad. Yeah. Well, here, let's go dark. I mean, I'd rather that than somebody throw poop on me. Okay. <laughs> Give me that. So there's that. <laughs> but, you know, and I remember just how horrible I felt crossing the street in yeah. front of the bus to the side of the street that I think, did we talk about this on the podcast or just in church? I Either think we've way, talked about it a little bit. Maybe not everybody has listened to every podcast. Right. It's possible. Possible. So my no alone. But I didn't have a cell phone where people were then showing pictures of me crossing the street. Right. The force and laughing multiplier. Laughing as everybody. Yes. The force multiplier. Yeah. And I remember going home and, and telling my mom about it. And she's like, well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to call the school? And here's how smart I was at 13. Mm-hmm. I said, what are they going to do? Oh, man. <laughs> I said, Look, and I said, mom, in 35 years, there's going to be an FBI detective. <laughs> Who says it doesn't help? So I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't help. But it's, not, it's just going to be a bigger, bigger target on my back. Right. You know, and so what are we going to yell at everybody? Right. You know, and I know you struggle with a lot of being alone as a kid. Yeah, I was bullied, you know, a little bit and I got in a fight because of it at school. And um wasn't me, by the way, if you guys are comparing, listening to the story. Yeah, right. No. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, and to extent. You know, every like we've we've always said like everybody feels alone, and like especially like teenagers. I can't imagine what it's like to grow up now in 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 a school and 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 being a teenager. Like it's just, and he he hit some nails on the head of things that like I totally agreed with. Like he's like, you know, these kids are allowed to have their phones at school, right? And now there are rules in place, like the in in junior high, you're not allowed to have it with you. you Keep it in your locker. Right. You're only allowed to have it going into school and going out of school. Yeah. And okay, fine. Like, that's fine. But like in high school, you don't. I'm like, no, get it out. Like, why? Like, why do you need it? Right. I, I, you know, we've been, we've been here so long. We've never needed it. There's never been an emergency situation where having a cell phone would have been way better to have. Well, I talked with a parent who said that she has told her school district that her daughter is allowed to have it on her during the day just in case there's an active shooter situation and she can let her know that she's safe. And to which, me being the good pastor, I didn't go, yeah, what happens if she's not safe? And what do you, you know. Right. So, and even then, though, you'll find out. What's that going to help right. you for five, you know. Yeah. So there's right. really no good reason. That's the only one anyone I've ever heard has come up with. And God bless her. That's what she wants to do. That's fine. And I'll say, I don't even think that's a good reason. Right. You know. And so... The school's allowing this and keeping that going. Like, I what he was saying, I was like, yes, preach it. Like, please. Um, and the other thing that he was talking about, I do believe, although I thought his methods weren't really on point. <laughs> and by that you mean. So he did talk about we need to give hope to our kids. Like, we need to give them hope because without hope – in in their head, and is I did like you know, this thing that you know a human can live for thirty six days without food, yeah, six four days without water, yeah, blah 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 without air, yeah, but not one second without hope, yeah, and you know that's really true. Like you have to have hope in something, whatever it is, and you know he was talking about you know safe spaces, which I thought was another great point that he made. He was like, you, "There's no such thing as a safe space. The only safe space." Is in your head. Is in your own head. And he talked about how, like, if a school, you can make a safe space and you're not allowed to say anything bad or whatever, but all you're doing is redirecting that energy into another place. So when the kid goes on the bus, you know, then it, then the... You'll get it there. Yeah, that environment goes there. And then the force multiplier with the phone affects it even more. So, like, yes, that totally makes sense. So the only place that you're safe is within your own self. So I do, I do agree with that. However... I, d- I didn't agree with like you can't just laugh it off. That goes against like everything that we talk about on this show right. is like you yeah, have he didn't to mention a lot about comfort. No, you have but, to but, comfort those hurts. Well, here are his top ten tips. Yeah, and number one was talk. Yeah, and you've got to talk about it. Yeah, which is good in that. And I guess if he had time to expand, sure, because he only took an hour and forty five minutes, and it's normally a four hour presentation. By the way, when we got there, and I looked down because he had a PowerPoint presentation, I looked down in the corner and it said four hundred and fourteen slides, and I was like. Nope, we're never going to get through this. <laughs> and we got to 61 and well, we skipped 15. Yeah. So maybe that was included in that. And he said, two was ignore. 
You want to ignore the taunting or the bullying. That's hard to do. Yep. Well, I don't think any of these is the get out of taunting free card. Right. Um, Never retaliate, which was my go to. Like you made fun like up until when it started to be like fight time. Yeah. You know, like if you made fun of me, that was stupid because I'm going to come back. Yeah. And I'm going to win. Yeah. And then, of course, you can eventually threaten to beat me up. And now we have a different problem. (laughs) It was never retaliate. Laugh. Save the evidence, which is really good. Yeah. So that's for like online stuff. Yeah. Screenshot everything. Absolutely. You know, block, which we don't do enough of. Right. Um, Insta block. Report to content provider. And mm-hmm. again, that's an online thing. Yep. Report to police and never pass it along. So those are his, his you know, his, if, if somebody else bullies somebody else and they send it to you, yeah. do not pass it along. Yeah. But I want to talk more about that. The two things, you know, we talked about is, you know, no safe space. That there is no such thing as a safe space. The only one is inside your own head. Yeah. Which is predicated upon having hope. Mm-hmm. That if you have no hope, yeah. there's no safe space. Yeah. Because all you have is negativity in your head. Yeah. And he talked about how, you know, the stats on suicide are beyond alarming. Yes. Yes. Um, Eric, could you read those for us? Absolutely. Um, so the the stats that he was talking about are the teenage suicide rate has gone up. 34% for boys and a staggering 84% for girls compared from 2006 to 2010 to 2016. Yeah. So in basically in 10 years, yeah, it's gone up 86%. Now, what is that coincided with? I mean, that I mean, like if you just like we we deal with trends at work. So if you put all the things together and what like what happened at a certain point in time and you see a spike like this is like a hockey stick, and that's yeah. that's you know rare. And, and the thing bell that, curve, right? The 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 common denominator are phones, right? Yeah, and social media. Yeah, social media, but like all of phones, because like right. it's not just social media; it's people texting each other, you know, the pictures, pictures, the video, whatever, all of that stuff. It's it it is the phone is the culprit. And I had a so, you know, and he also said that fifty percent of suicide victims showed no signs. Of being yeah. suicidal. Yeah. And again, because he's a caricature, he said, and that's a very good statistic because that shows you, you have no idea. <laughs> and he said the same thing about school shooters. That's so sad. 50% of school shooters were, were bullied. Yeah. He goes, that means 50% won't or weren't. Yeah. So there's really no correlation. Yeah. And he's like smiling and you're like, that's not good. Now we don't know. You right. Know. But he said, you know, as a parent, you have to give them hope. Yeah. That's and your job. That's your job. Yeah. And what I think and I want to focus on today is, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who have had kids with drug problems. Yeah. And they were good parents and they had two kids were great and one had a drug problem. And and it's not across the board. You know, some kid had a surgery, had of this, had of that. But the more typical got into the wrong crowd, did this, did that. And more than I would say most of them have said to me, I finally got to a point where I just realized I can't control them. I, I cannot manipulate their surroundings to keep them from doing what they're doing. Mm. And then I realized I've been doing that their whole life. And that part of this is them rebelling against me. Mm. And I bring that up to say, you know, we sit here and like right now the answer is, okay, no more cell phones for our kids. And mm-hmm. we're going to make sure you don't do this and you don't do that. And these are the rules and these, and we need those. Good luck though. One good luck. Yeah. And that's what hit me last night. I was like, you know, it's so funny when Rachel and I are sitting on at home watching TV, telling our kids to get off their phones. Yeah. Because we're just watching the vice of our childhood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we didn't grow up on the phones. Right. So we can put them down for an hour and we're fine. Yeah. But, but we can't manipulate their world. We can't protect them from everything necessarily. Maybe well, you get away with it with one kid. Well, Maybe you do yeah, get away sure. with two kids. But what you can control is giving them that safe space, that hope yeah. in their life yeah, and not manipulating, not saying, okay, here's what you tell that bully. Yeah. You go to that school tomorrow and you tell that bully this Yeah, because they're going to be like, I don't know that I can tell them that. Right. And now home isn't safe because they're going to walk home and mom's going to say, did you tell them what I told you to tell them? No, no. <laughs> Why didn't you do that? And now I'm a failure again. Shame. Um, you wanted to, chime I was going to say like, you know, I, I'm as, as, Everybody knows I'm a, I'm a very new parent. Your, your um, kid's never been bullied. <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Just like a lot of our sponsors. Not yeah, yet. Not yet. Um, but, you know, I do think 
it is good for kids to have have experience. And he did point that out. Like, you know, there are levels of bullying that, like, for lack of a better way of putting it, are good. You know, because, you know, just not, like, so much, like, bullying, bullying, like, you know, fighting or, you know, getting... Building a resilience. Yeah. Teasing. Yeah. It's okay to have to experience that and get past that. Right. Because, you know, otherwise, you know, nobody's going to have a thick skin at all and you're, you know, whatever. You're not going to have to deal with it. It's not like you can walk through life not dealing. I mean, who's ever had a bully for a boss? Oh, most everyone. Right. Well, if you grow up in a safe place where no one's allowed to say something bad to little Johnny. Right. Guess what's going to happen when he gets Mr. Johnson. Right. He's not going to know what to do. No. He's going to deal with it in a very poor manner. Right. Um, And get depressed. So, but to your point though, like, you know, it is tough. And I actually talked to one of my bosses about this not too long ago. And, and, you know, he has, uh, a, a, a daughter and, you know, she has a cell phone. All her friends have cell phones. And he's like, you get to a point and it's like, you know, you have the best intentions of like not getting them a phone, but he's like, good luck because like all their friends have one. Then they, they really, really want one, but then they get one. And then now like so-and-so sent this text. Now I got to talk to so-and-so's parents about this text. And then, then it's a whole thing. And, you know, but at the same time, it's their world. And I do want Maggie to experience, you know, her world. And then we come alongside her and comfort her and help her deal with that, you know, cause otherwise, you know, as much as I'd like to say that I want to hold off the phone until she's like, you know, 21, you know, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Right. Um, no. And, and for us, it yeah. got to a point where one, it is a, a luxurious safety item. You know, we exist. Absolutely. Right. So there's that. Yeah. But, you know, Bella would go to a sleepover. Yeah. And be the only one without a cell phone. Yeah. And everyone's looking at their phones. Yeah. And guess what she feels? Alone. Alone. Yeah. And they all just look at her. And even now that even happens part of her bullying that she has gone through, which, by the way, thank you for those of you who reached out to me. Um, it has gotten better. Um, she eventually did go to the school. I don't know if we had talked at that point or not. Um, and then finally the girl came up to her and said, well, how do you want to deal with this? Should we just drop it? And Bill is like, yeah, dumbass. <laughs> that's all I've wanted. She didn't say that. That's what I told her. I said, well, that's what Rachel told her to say. But. um. You know, Rachel or Rachel Bella in some ways is bullied because she's not on Snapchat. We don't let her have social media. She's uh, got a phone. Yeah. But no Snapchat. Yeah. Good. Right. Oh, Snapchat. There's only one reason why that app was made. Yeah. <laughs> For cappers. But anyhow, um, so my point is, even at that, she gets bullied for not having that social media app. I'm um, not bullied, but left out. She feels alone. Right, feels alone. And she doesn't want it. She's like, all I want is Instagram. And I'm like, oh, it's Snapchat light. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so, I just, I don't even use Instagram. Like, yeah. I have it. Yeah. But I'm not a picture guy. Yeah. And they're like, it's not about the pictures. It's about the stories. And actually, Instagram is probably my favorite. Right. Yeah. Ugh. I, but I'm a picture guy. You're a picture guy. Yeah. But it's even like the kids today. Kids today, they don't even inherently use it so much for the pictures as yeah. they do the stories. And the, and, mm-hmm. the, and they add so much text to it. Mm-hmm. And there's just, I mean, the drama that I dealt with on my volleyball team was all was all Instagram. Yeah. No Snapchat, no Twitter, Facebook. Interesting. What are you, 75? <laughs> I mean, so the thing is, like you said, Maggie's going to have a cell phone. Yeah. I mean, sooner than later. Yeah. <laughs> but it's our job to make sure that we can't micromanage their world. Yeah. And we try to so much. Yeah. And there has to be that place. You know, he talked about how saying his mother said to him, see those kids out there huffing in the streets. Yeah. You know, you're better than that. Okay. I'm not going to use that term. Yeah. But he at least gave them a sense of approval or, ble- or she gave him yeah. a sense of approval or blessing, meeting that emotional need of yeah. look. You are uh, Finnegan. Finnegan. Right. Is that what it was? Yeah. We You're valuable. You're valuable. Yeah. And so we have to keep that dialogue open with our kids. And, and for us, you know, it's Jesus died for you. And yeah. I know that seems churchy and I know that seems far away. Right. I was going to say the same thing. Like, that's our true hope. Right. You know, I said before, like, whatever it is, whatever that hope is, you know, but. But for, that can seem so distant. Exactly. So no, totally. To so real. Right. Right. And I was going to say, but like our hope is in God and, and Jesus. And that's why the faith the has to hope. be real yeah. and relational. Yeah. And saying, you know what? You know, Bella, you're going to school today and it's a war zone at times. Yeah. 
And I just want you to know that I'm so thankful that God blessed me with you mm. and that I will do anything I can to make your day better. Yeah. And it breaks my heart every minute you have to just wade through that muck of hate and just disparity and juvenile childishness, you know, but God has blessed me with the greatest gift in you, you know, and, and those kind of statements that yeah. are sincere, you know, and she'll just say something. Thanks, silly. dad. No, it's not that she, she appreciates That's it, good. but she'll use like her Miranda voice. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> um, but, and it's having time. But it'll stick. Like that stuff sticks. In a given moment. Yeah. It totally um, sticks. I don't want people to hear words. that. Yeah. Simple words last forever. I, I talked the story about the guy that I told him I'm proud yeah. of him. Yeah. And how he just wept in the car. There was a girl who was friends with a girl who Becky Butchright. We called her Becky the Bumblebee, Mr. Butchright's daughter. Yeah. She was involved in young life and everything else. And she had a friend who was kind of involved. Yeah. Wasn't really involved. And one day I was walking into practice and she was coming out to do whatever she was doing. And, you know, she knew who I was. And I pulled her aside. I said, you know what? I said, when I see you, I said, I see like the all-American girl. I said, you're like the girl that every guy wants his daughter to be. Hmm. I said, you're a good girl. You make good grades. You're popular. I said, but you're still nice. And I, I just wanted you to know that. Nothing creepy. You know, and I'm, you know, yeah, I, I yeah. always point that out. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. being the weird old I'm man. not a capper. You know, at this point in time, <laughs> I was probably only 30, so it was cooler. Yeah. And not, it was a different kind of not creepy. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not asking you to get my car, nor right. am I going to duct tape you and put you in the trunk, which would be more like what I'd be doing at this age. <laughs> I have never done that. But I, she then got involved and came yeah. to know Christ and really grew in her faith. And she's like, I never forgot that you took the time to say that to me. Wow. And we think as parents that, that, our words don't matter. Like, of course you have to love me. Yeah. You have to, you don't really know dad. Yeah. You know, and I don't know why my child thinks I do know, <laughs> um, you know, but it's taking that time to, to let them hear that out and just to not feel alone. Yeah. I can't say that enough to just give them time to be sad. Right. Give them time and just tell them my heart's broken for you and to join them in their emotion and not try to fix it. Cause you probably can't. Right. Not try to put up walls and then say, well, that's it. You're not using your phone anymore, you know, or you're only going to use your phone for this hours. And, and, and I applaud for those of you who can do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if you want to try to change it or something like that's not the answer. Right. You know, we have to just continue to let them know that, that they are valued and that they have a safe place in their relationship with you and that you love them. Yeah. And that it's you're going to be there with them and for them not trying to manipulate and control them. Right. That being the case, we probably should point out the website. Uh, what was it? Web watcher. He said is oh, by yeah. far the best. Actually, I want to hear your opinion about that. Well, anyhow, for the listeners, it's web watcher. He said it's a hundred bucks a year, a year. Mm-hmm. Well, I, well, if it's, I mean, I feel like, that's a reasonable price for what it does. Well, if, if yeah, if it does what it says, which it, it yeah. monitors every page, every, uh, every keystroke. Oh, is it every keystroke? It's like you can see what, what your kid is typing and what other kids are typing to your kid. Okay. Like it's like full on. Like, it's what a hacker would have if he was hacking you. Pretty much. Right. Um, anyhow, and he said that's by far the best software out there. So as I'm telling you, you can't control your kids. I'm not telling you to just throw up your hands. I would encourage you to get this website uh, or this app or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, we do not have an endorsement with them. Uh, enter coupon code uh, <laughs> LIT, lunchtime, LIR, LIR, uh, lunchtime in Rome, which is lit. Uh, no, we don't. We Man, don't you're so that. hip. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> so uh, my answer to that is, what do I think about it? I think it's a great idea. I would love to do it. I'm sure I would do it wrong and I won't get it. Gotcha. Because we've had different kinds of software that helps you monitor and we end up like locking up every computer in the house <laughs> and like what was the password i don't know use the normal password so with one or two eyes i don't know password one or password two yeah literally one two three four or one two three four five six <laughs> why what were your thoughts eric I, I mean i don't know like you know one of his comments was like when you have a kid like you like you know one of his his daughter became a nun bridge and uh, his well, son, because uh, he said it like 50 times, mm. um, and his son. But isn't a nun now, by the way. Okay. She was a nun and then stopped being a nun. All right. Um, but he wasn't worried about her. Right. But his son, 6'5", right. 200 pounds, you know, handsome, a 
little worried about, you know, right. what, what's going on on his phone. Which, how does right? that work in the family when he's like, yeah, I'm looking at your phone. No, I'm not looking at your sister's <laughs> phone. I trust her. I don't trust you. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's got to hit somewhere. Well, we probably pointed out he's probably not the best emotional need responding parent. Right. But he's not afraid to shoot you. No. Um, Sleep like a log. So there is that. Right. So when you one know, kid needed it, one didn't. Right. So, you know, do you wait until it is an issue? Like, do you, you know, whatever, you know, right. like, that's something that I'm going to wrestle with because like, I don't want to be, I'm very, there's very much part of me that like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to look Monitor at your phone. the crap out of that girl. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. There's part of me. I'm going to look over your shoulder all the time and I'm going to do that through your phone. And there's the other part of me that like, doesn't want to be that parent that is like, oh, like always watching. Like, I want you to like experience a little bit. And like we talked about, like you have to, you know, they live in their world, they experience their world, and I want her to come back to me. I and, wasn't and, allowed to know. drink pop growing up except on special occasions. Right. I went away to college. Do you know how much pop I drink? Case. <laughs> pop. So if they have yeah. no freedom. Right. Now, no monitoring is that the same as no freedom. Right. Because, the, you know, right. Exactly. And, and I don't know where that line is yet. And I don't need to worry about it yet. Thank goodness. Yeah, you've got like three years. Yeah, I was going to say. And to, you know. <laughs> Some of those preschool bullies online, <laughs> they're pretty nasty. But, you know, as long as we are focusing on parents as giving our kids hope. Yeah. You know, I, I prefer hope over structure. I prefer hope over, yeah. you know. And by hope, I just mean joining them in their emotions. Giving yeah. a sense of self-worth that's real. Yeah. You know, that's genuine. Um, I, I, I do appreciate that over controlling and everything else. Yeah. But no matter what, as parents, in this regard, especially about emotional needs, we can always do better. We can always do better. Do better. You know, I've got a good friend. We call her Diz. Okay. Christina Costain. Yeah. I go, they used to call her last name was Dozy. Yeah. Carl Dozy, shout out to Big Carl. So that's her nickname was Dizzy. Yeah. It turns out I didn't even notice. She's listening to the show. Wow. She's listening to the show. That's awesome. And so much so, maybe she's getting better at cooking or likes our recipes. Maybe <laughs> she's listening to the emotional needs training. But for sure, she's going around telling everybody, including her husband, Vinny, to do better. Oh, man. So this segment is dedicated to Diz. All right. To I do love better. It. I love it. Um, so our first do better... Um, <laughs> The title of this is Six Taco Bell Employees Beat Up Man and His Girlfriend Outside Center City Location. And when you first hear this, you think, what did they do? What did they do? They must have been real bad. <laughs> so uh, this is in Philadelphia. Ah, of course. All right. And Stinking Philadelphia. Oh, we offended Philadelphians. I'm working on it. <laughs> um, a Taco Bell beatdown was captured on video taco bell is taking action but the criminal investigation is just getting started brian reese is the guy in blue on the on the ground which you can see the video uh link in the show notes on the website lunchtimeinrome.com video shows six people wearing taco bell uniforms surrounding him one <laughs> surrounding him one holding him down as the other serve up punches to his side S serve up that's got to be a little creative writing, you know, serving, uh, you know, serving up a beating. Right. Um, after he gets up, the employees then deliver blows to his girlfriend, Ali's face. Probably Man. Allie. Allie. All right. Um, right. And uh, it all happened on Chestnut Street near 10th in front of the Center City location. Quote, I just stopped by the Taco Bell to pick some friends up who were getting food at the end of the night, Reese said. That was on February 24th, around 10.56. Nearly an hour earlier, their friend who shot the video had ordered a cheesy gordita. Ah, can't go wrong. <laughs> Reese says the restaurant was packed and everyone was waiting for their food and tension was building between the workers and the customers. They knew everybody was upset. They seemed to be upset too, Reese said. They said that Grubhub, Grubhub was the reason that nobody was getting their orders. People are stoned in ordering through Grubhub. <laughs> yes. They were inundated with Grubhub orders, and that took precedence. And then suddenly, Reese says the brawl broke out. The brawl broke so out. They'd had enough. <laughs> I mean, I, you know me. I don't like waiting. No. I am not, I'm not a, a very good waiter. I'm not, I'm not very patient. 
But man, and they a just kept down. asking, "How long is it going to take?" And finally, Taco Bell, they, you know, people said, "We've had enough." When the complaints kept coming in, somebody just border. just yeah, just snapped, and they came after me. Reese said, "Philadelphia police say they are investigating not only this incident, but a second fight between a delivery person and Taco Bell employees." See, there at least they got the Grubhub guy at the same location. Same location. That is not a Taco Bell to be messed about with. About the same time, just days earlier, on March twenty third, or on March third. In a statement, a spokesperson for the chain says the, comp- the company is shocked and disappointed, also pointing out that the franchise is retraining staff and the 16 members uh, to fight better. No, um, yeah. in the video, <laughs> have been fired. We're shocked and disappointed, quote, to see this situation. We and other franchisees do not tolerate this behavior. Oh, good, good to know. <laughs> good to know. They, they didn't I love, I say, love when they come out and say I the obvious. I'm against the beating of our customers. Yes. <laughs> I'm against racism. Good. Yes. I'm oh, against good. violence. Good. Great. Good. Put you in the good column, then. The franchise who owns and operates this location is retraining its staff, and all team members involved have been terminated, the spokesperson said. I well, why are they retraining the poor schleps who didn't fight? I don't know. You need to retrain the ones who you fired. That's <laughs> right. No right? And everybody else is like, oh, good. Sam and Molly beat that guy up. Now we got to sit through retraining. Right. Um, and same thing for the person that, uh, for Reese. Nobody deserves what happened to me. We know. <laughs> we know. Like, I'm sorry I'm so insensitive. And, like, this goes against, like, everything that we talk about, like, on this show. Like, if I was there in person with Reese, I would totally be sure. comforting. We know that nobody well, I don't should know. Be tra- I've seen people that deserve to get beat up in a fast food place. <laughs> maybe people in exactly his situation. Maybe at some point when you're waiting for an hour, you go, I'm going to go get something somewhere else. Right, right. I mean, I'm as big a Taco Bell fan as anybody else. I think. If you wait for an hour, you might deserve to get beat up. Yeah, I'm with you. Everybody, and they pointed out. They said, if you look, the managers were holding, were, were the ones pulling back the employees from beating them, and that's how they're proof that they don't stand for it. Oh, there's that's the ultimate. Do you want a cookie award? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we almost stopped those two from getting beaten up. So when you file that lawsuit against this franchise, so do better, Taco Bell, and your employees. Dateline, North Carolina. Oh man. Vandals set fire to General Lee statue. Okay. But not the Confederate one. Oh. Yeah. It says uh, vandals in Dunn, North Carolina last week doused the marble statue of General Lee with a flammable liquid and set it on fire. But if they think they targeted Confederate General Robert E. Lee, they got the wrong Lee. Oh, man. The statue stands outside the Major General William C. Lee. The lesser known, generally, <laughs> which isn't that kind of sad, <laughs> right? That everyone's like, "Oh, my grandfather's General Lee," and yeah. they're like, "Oh, the car from the Dukes of Hazard?" <laughs> no. Oh, you mean the one from the Confederacy? No. <laughs> oh, you mean the one they burned down? Yeah, it's the General William C. Lee Airborne Museum, which posted photos of the damage to Facebook, writing that some jerk punk. <laughs> Had caused the blaze. Man, you know, if you're going to vandalize, at least get your agenda right. You know? Come on. <laughs> Do I'm better. I'm still trying to figure out why. The, what's up? Why are they so mad at Robert Lee? <laughs> Is it North South Carolina thing? I don't know. North Carolina was still the South. Like I said, if you're going to do vandalism, just make sure you're on point with your agenda. <laughs> and go stay in school, kids. Jeez. <laughs> Stay in school, yeah. I mean, nobody that's But been, get off your phone in class. But get off your phone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But you know what? Something I like more than a do-better. What's that? And let's be honest. We all have do-betters going through our heads mm. all through the week. When I, have people, my, I have my own personal do-betters. Oh, no, no, ignore those. <laughs> Let somebody else point those out. Let's <laughs> not do that. Um, but we want to hear more of your do-betters. You yes. Know, Diz, hey, you're out there. You're saying you're telling everybody to do better. Hey, how about you tell us what you told somebody else yes. to do better? Put them on full blast. Take away their sense of emotional security. <laughs> yes. So we can then comfort them yes. after we hurt them. Help us do better. That's right. <laughs> but here's who can't do better. Oh, this past week was UFC 235. All right. And the welterweight championship was What on is the, the line. UFC for those? The ultimate fighting championship, which is a mixed martial art. I could go on. Alas. It's one of your favorite things. I will not. Yeah. 
as it is. Tyron Woodley is the 170-pound champion, has been the champion for quite some time. 179 pounds? 170. 170? Yeah. What weight class is that? That is your welterweight. They go 125, 35, 45, 55. 125, what's that? Uh, featherweight. I forget the title. It could be featherweight. You got bantamweight, featherweight, something weight. Lightweight's 155. Wow. Overweight, 170. Middleweight, 185. Light heavyweight, 205. And heavyweight is above 205. Yeah. Um. So now these guys that are fighting at 170 probably walk around at 200, 210. Um, and they cut weight through camp. And yeah. then they cut an extra 10 pounds in the last couple of days. So they're fighting probably at like 190, yeah. 185. And yeah, Tyron Woodley is the champion. If he wins this fight, it's kind of looking like he's getting to be the best welterweight all time behind George St. Pierre. Wow. You know, he's up there. Yeah. Well, he gets dominated by uh, Kamaru Usman. Right. First African UFC champion ever. Wow. Um, anyhow, Kamara Usman uh, just dominates five rounds. Woodley did nothing. So it's after the fight, and there's video, which will be in the show notes, okay. of Woodley coming out, and there's his mother. Now, as you uh, know, yeah. and many people know, Rachel's goal in life is to become a black woman. An old black woman. Old black woman. Well, here is Tyrone Woodley's mother, yeah. and she is dressed in all satin white with sparkles and the hat. You know. And she is African-American. And she just gets her baby, and she says, that's all right, baby. You just come back. You go back oh. to the drawing board. You go back to the drawing board, baby. Wasn't your night. And he walks away, and she says, that's it. That's all. You know, kind of tough love, yeah. whatever else. And now, here comes Kamara Usman, who, by the way, was in a walking boot Monday of that Saturday fight with a broken foot. Sure. And fought with a broken foot. Why not? And one with a broken foot. It's crazy. And he's limping off and he's emotional with his belt and everything else. Yeah. He, he, you see him look over and it's Tyron Woodley's mother. And she's yelling at him. And he walks over to her and she says, it's all good, baby. It's all good. Wow. And he collapses onto her shoulder crying. Wow. As she's hugging him. And she says, it wasn't his night. It's your night. Wow. It's your night. She says, no, you got to get tough because they're going to come after you. Yeah. She said, you're going to get them. You go. This is your night. It's all wow. good. And I said, I don't know anything else about the lady. No. But that's what Rachel wants that's to be. All, that's all you need to know. That's what Rachel wants to be. Now, nah, she might have, you know, uh, she could have, you know, killed a thousand people. But that <laughs> that's, night, all, that's all you need to know. She can't do better. Oh, man. It's so good. It is so good. And just the way she's talking and, and like Rachel goes, why is she comforting him? And I'm like, well, she's just telling him he did a good she job. She can't do better. That's and why. And this guy, and I love how people say about the UFC. Yeah. Oh, you know, like back in the day, God rest his soul, John McCain said, oh, it's human cockfighting mm. and everything else. You know, it is so highly evolved and it is mixed martial arts. And here is this guy who is, you know, made it good all the way from, I think he's Nigerian. And he's come up here and he's collapsing, crying into the arms of his opponent's mother. Wow. These are not thugs and killers and yeah. everything else. I wouldn't fight them. Right. Not with a running chainsaw. Right. I wouldn't. Right. Um, perhaps a pistol. But anyhow, <laughs> with Mike Finnegan, Tim Finnegan's, uh, Mike Finnegan's pistol. <laughs> but anyhow, that mom can't do better. Can't do better. Can't do And that better. is awesome. That is it. And that is the show. Don't forget to visit us at lunchtimeinroom.com. Subscribe to our email, and you can get our show notes delivered right into your inbox, which is totally convenient, and uh, know when we get all the updates. Uh, or no, you will know when we send out all the updates. Yes. I'm talking. And uh, thank you again for joining us this week. We will be back next week with Brian. Brian, come back. Can't wait to see you again. Thanks, and uh, that's the show. So we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.